We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Listen in, everybody. Tonight, Wednesday, 10, 9 central, get ready for your newest TV addiction. That's right, the new series Pure premieres on WGN America. Now, Pure is based on the true events of the Mennonite mob. Yeah, you heard it right, Mennonites. Most are kind people, but one group was part of the world's most dangerous drug cartel. Get hooked on Pure. Series premieres Wednesday, yes, that's tonight, 10, 9 central, only on WGN America. What up, my people? KJ Podcast. Favorite time of week. Get to give you 30 minutes of my San Francisco 49ers thoughts, analysis. Kind of a lot going on. For January, there's some newsworthy things to get into. Kyle Shanahan and the crew down in Mobile, Alabama. Coaching the Senior Bowl. You never want to be coaching that game because that means you kind of suck the year before. But there's an advantage to have Jimmy Garoppolo is now throwing footballs on a field with Jarek McKinnon. John Lynch leaking that news out there. Let the positivity rain in. I think that's a smart move. Remind people how formidable this team is going to be. I am absolutely overwhelmed from the responses I tweeted out last week that Blue Wire is hiring. I've lost track. It's upwards of 60, 70 people who reached out to be a blogger, producer, shared a podcast with me. Going to try and respond to everyone. We're starting to line up some phone interviews with people. I would say be patient. We are going to be hiring a lot more people. We just can't hire everyone at once. I want every one of our podcasts on the network to have their own producer, their own blogger, so things are more uniform. I just can't manage 40 to 50 people while also working full time. So been awesome to scale Blue Wire. We should have an article coming out, an awful announcing, a blog post kind of just about what Blue Wire has been up to. 
And I signed a big partnership. We can't make the announcement really till next fall, but you're going to be seeing Blue Wire Pods a lot more places than just iTunes. So bunch of fun stuff coming up. Appreciate everyone listening. I know people are here for the 49ers analysis. So as we always do, we'll, we'll hop right in. Ian Rappaport from Mobile, Alabama tweeted on Wednesday that the 49ers will not be picking up Earl Mitchell's option. The defensive lineman will not be returning next season. He played 33% of the snaps. He was never a problem. He rarely made any good plays, but Earl Mitchell was that run stuffer plug guy who did his job to a degree that this run defense was good. I mean, he was not brought here to be a pass rusher. The nose tackle is a first down kind of player, sometimes second downs. The you know, 49ers aren't going to miss him next season. Everyone, including me, speculating DJ Jones is going to be put in that position, even though he can, you can flex him outside as a DN, but the sixth round pick from 2017, he made a couple flash plays. Last year, he had a couple tackles for losses, so it could mean a bigger role for him. What the big domino could mean is Quinnen Williams. And I just think the 49ers, from their point of view, they hear the screams for edge rusher from myself, from the fan base, from watching the actual film. But I think internally that it's going to be a much tougher decision and that Quinnen Williams will very much be in play for the pick. And... Quinton Williams playing next to DeForest Buckner might be a very attractive scenario and also trying to get an edge rusher in the second round. Your boy Montez Sweat showing off. There's This is a really deep edge rushing class and the 49ers could ultimately decide that they're going to take the best player at number two, which if they believe it's Quinton Williams and he's a mini Aaron Donald and he's going to wreck the game next to DeForest Buckner. We've talked about interior pressure. It is the new thing in the NFL. You need edge rusher as well. But if you're going to be the best interior rush team in the NFL, like the Rams are, you can still have a pretty damn good defense. You can still make the Super Bowl defensively. So we can't rule this out. And just so the Earl Mitchell thing is like an inflection point, kind of like what are the 49ers doing on D-line? Eric Armstead has a $9 million option coming up. If they draft Quinnen Williams... That really says they either still believe in Solomon Thomas or they're going to let him compete with another edge rusher. Hopefully the new assistant D-line coach, Chris Kusarik. Robert Sala said, I want him to be completely honest with me about the scheme. Hopefully he says some things about Solomon Thomas, keeping him inside. I think ultimately Solomon Thomas should not be getting any snaps at Leo. Maybe big end if Eric Armstead leaves. Solomon Thomas is the run defender. He's going to set up other people. He'll never have the statistics you're looking for from a number three overall pick, but could he play that big end role? Possibly. I don't think he should be in pass rush situations anymore. Two seasons, I'm I'm ready to write him off as I don't want to give Solomon Thomas 50, 60, 70 snaps next year. Someone more impactful. Ronald Blair had 15 splash plays this year. Solomon Thomas had about two or three. Think about that out loud. This D-line is in a weird spot too because they have Cantavius Street, which is a guy, a really athletic guy coming off an ACL tear from MC State, fourth round pick, redshirt year last year. I like some of his tape. I don't know where they're actually going to put him because he has versatility and he can push a line and his feet move quicker than his big frame would suggest. He's actually got good footwork for being that big of a guy. 
So that's another piece they already have in the building and are feeling good about that. You got to think of this. Sheldon Richardson's a free agent. Mo Wilkerson, a free agent. Danny Shelton from the Patriots is probably going to hit the market. Former Browns first round pick. Chris Long is more of a D end. He, you can use him as a chess piece. He's 34 years old. And then you might have to think about cutting some good D linemen because you have some depth in there. You know, I, I do think this team needs more veterans. Like a Chris Long could help even if he's not playing a ton of snaps. If he's getting some sacks. Like they, they should think about that. Alan Bailey is another name. 30 years old. Six sacks this year with the Chiefs. That's a career high. He would fill that Armstead role. He's better than Eric Armstead. He's a little older, but he's he's been a solid player for the Chiefs for a long time. So the 49ers are in a situation where they have the pick of their litter of a bunch of different D linemen. They could reconstruct this whole unit. They're very good at stopping the run. They're not good at rushing the passer outside of DeForest Buckner. Shout out to him in Orlando for the Pro Bowl this week. We've talked about Josh Allen, Nick Bosa. I still think Bosa probably goes number one. He's pretty flawless as a prospect. You can just see him being a 10-sack guy automatically every year. Why not do that? Yeah, I don't know if it's Josh Allen or Quinnen Williams who the 49ers would lean towards. Josh Allen, probably more of a riskier pick. There's a chance that he's a bust. There's a chance he's a Deion Jordan. These picks can bust. There's a chance he's a Solomon Thomas. Maybe less of a chance with Quinnen Williams and he hits. At least he's a, a competitive player and is really changing things up front. It, it's going to be a tough pick and the 49ers can't miss on it. So don't be shocked if it's Quinnen Williams is what I'm saying. And losing Earl Mitchell today kind of brings up and reinforces D-line. has a lot of moving pieces on it right now. DeForest Buckner is really the only stable person we know is going to be starting at that spot next season at defensive tackle. KJ Podcast, yeah. Kyle is at the Senior Bowl. He's got his assistant coaches with him. Mike LaFleur reportedly working more with the quarterbacks. Mike McDaniel potentially working more with the receivers. I want to go to Mike McDaniel because I know him a little bit personally. Worked with the Cleveland Browns together. Got to know him there. His story is really unique. Five foot eight, played football at Yale. He's always been obsessed with football. He met Kyle when they were together in Denver as ball boys. Randomly intersected later in their careers in Houston. Kyle was the wide receivers coach and Mike McDaniel was... Offensive assistant, they rose the ranks together. Kyle's first playbook in 2008, Mike McDaniel drew it out with them. They have been together with every single team, Cleveland or DC after that, Cleveland, Atlanta, and now San Francisco. Kyle flat out said he was not going to let this guy go to another team and not call plays because in his mind, if Mike McDaniel went to Arizona and helped Cliff Kingsbury. I mean, it's it's it wouldn't have been a promotion for Mike McDaniel. So I understand Kyle. Kyle doesn't want to train new people. He also has to be the head football coach of the team. That's the key point here. People have this misconstrued. Kyle values his assistants and he's, you know, trying to protect his secrets, but it's going to take up major chunks of his time as the manager and leader of the football team that has to have his eyes and ears on a lot more different things. He can't be teaching the wide receiver coach every technique. Everyone's going to get promoted from within. They're going to have to start hiring a lot more young people now and start training now and have McDaniel and LaFleur train these people because eventually they're both going as play callers somewhere. Unless Kyle shits the bed and this team's 5-11 and next year and Jimmy G is, is not good. I see all these coaches on the staff 
eventually becoming play callers within two to three years. So it's a big organizational thing for Kyle and his time and what matters because he can't have the coaches that are new teaching the wrong thing. You saw Katie Sowers could get some promotions here. She could one day be a Mike McDaniel. Highlighted her in the Senior Bowl. It was really cool talking about one of the route concepts and if he's playing man, if he's playing zone, it becomes a corner route, it becomes a comeback route. There's a lot of things going on in this offense. It's hard to teach, and Mike McDaniel has proved his worth. Mike LaFleur, this is really his big opportunity if he's going to end up being the quarterback's coach, which by all intents and purposes, I think so. I'm not going to be shocked that they had that veteran former quarterback to go in there with Mike LaFleur. He's got a good teaching style. He's been with Kyle less often. Obviously, his brother now the head coach at the Packers. As we mentioned last week, he'll have big shoes to fill with Rich Scangrillo. Cool seeing the staff up close and personal at the Senior Bowl. If you haven't seen the NFL Network, Kyle dropping F-bombs. Andrew Siciliano saying, okay, we'll cut away from Kyle Shanahan there. That's Kyle, though, keeping it real. You had former players like Ian Williams tweeting, I want to play for a guy like that. Any behind-the-scenes video we ever get of Kyle is so great. It makes me want to be a football player on the team. All right, the other big news this week is Jimmy Garoppolo returned to the field. John Lynch overlooking on his second-floor office in Santa Clara. And there's Jarek McKinnon catching routes. Perhaps the two most explosive and best players on this 49ers offense that is going to make this team better next season are both rehabbing together, are both becoming leaders together. They're going to walk back next year, and I think the tone is going to be different with Jimmy Garoppolo and Jarek McKinnon and how serious they're taking the season. I always think it's going to be fun in games with Kyle because he makes football fun, but the level of heightened awareness that, hey, we're both coming off of injuries We want to have our shit together. We want to start fast. Looks like Jimmy Garoppolo will be cleared for OTAs. I think he'll be a limited participant in OTAs and be full go for training camp. There's no bodies diving around him in OTAs, but you still don't want him doing QB footwork every single day. Your knee could get sore and there's swelling and then there's an infection or something like that. I say make him limited in OTAs. I I think he knows the offense enough. He'll be out there. He'll be more mentally invested in everything, but... We always said the one silver lining of him tearing his ACL was that it happened early in the year. So that season ended up sucking, but he'll be back and on the field in training camp. And who knows? Is he going to be wearing a knee brace? Is he going to be less mobile? He does take shots. He's going to be a little bit of a different player. I mean, this is a big point to make about Jimmy Garoppolo. I think he knows it was a boneheaded play where he tore his ACL, scrambling for more yards, and he's a competitor. And I think it could change how much he leaves the pocket when he's looking to get extra yards because he realizes, yo, it's not worth it to be out 12 months for two extra yards here. You're that valuable to this franchise. We need you upright slinging footballs to new wide receivers on this team who are scoring touchdowns. So Jimmy Garoppolo's playing style, I think that's the biggest storyline. I kind of just had this epiphany thinking about it. Didn't even write this down in my notes. His playing style should change a little bit from this injury, and I think that's a, that's a good thing. Not that he's reckless, but Carson Wentz plays the same way a little bit, fighting for that extra yards, tough competitor. Is it worth it for him? I mean, Nick Foles is taking advantage of those opportunities, but Carson Wentz probably should change his playing style too. The best ability, as John Lynch says, is availability. 
and Jimmy Garoppolo didn't have it this season. We are also being sponsored this week by MyPillow, four-pack special, promo code COZY. You're getting a bunch of money off. Your girlfriend, your sister, your mom, instead of buying flowers, the same old thing, get them some pillows, some really nice pillows. You made a New Year's resolution. You're planning to eat better, exercise more, be patient, kinder, whatever. It starts with a good night's rest. MyPillow.com, four-pack special. You'll get two premium pillows, two to-go pillows. You can bring them on trips, bring them on the airplane. They're little small guys. It's amazing what a difference great pillow makes. There is nothing better than the gift of restorative sleep. It's a creative gift. MyPillow.com, use a promo code COZY, C-O-Z-Y, four-pack special. If you're older and just want to give them a call, 800-966-1472. That promo code can actually be used on any offer. Four-pack special is what we they're giving us at Blue Wire. They're in the mail right now. We're excited to lay on these things. And again, that's promo code COZY, C-O-Z-Y. All right, guys, I'm proud to say Blue Wire is being sponsored this month by WGN America. It's a new show called Pure. You've heard plenty of stories about drug cartels. They're all over the news. The crime ring you probably have not heard of is actually the most dangerous in the world. They are the Mennonite mob. You heard right, Mennonites. 99% of them are kind, God-fearing people. There's one group that has smuggled millions of narcotics from Mexico to Canada. Wednesdays, January 23rd, 10, 9 central, WGN America. New TV show, Pure. It's going to be about a drug cartel, the Mennonite mob. I can't wait. It's similar to Breaking Bad, they're saying. A lot of up-and-coming actors in it. Show is about Noah Funk, newly elected Mennonite pastor. He's determined to rid his community of the drug cartel. It's going to be fun. Pure Breaking Bad meets Narcos. Get hooked. WGN America, January 23rd. It debuts. It's good news. And I want to point out too, like John Lynch bringing this up and leaking this out there. John Lynch is, is good at this. And this is why he's been a savvy GM for the 49ers. Remember this team's image in 2016 when Chip Kelly was getting fired a couple days before the game, Trent Baalke had already been fired and still showed up to the stadium. Like the whole culture was screwed up. Kaepernick, that whole last year, I totally supported his cause and wouldn't tell him to change it for the world. It was just so much going on. It's just swirling everywhere. John Lynch has been good at spinning PR positively. Anytime he can speak on the team, he does give that one nugget of positivity. He will try and get headlines out there. I think it's a smart thing in today's headline culture where blogs and Twitter do make people reactionary, do change people's opinions. Players read Twitter and lash out and they're having Twitter wars. Like Controlling the headlines is a real thing in the NFL, like politics, like anything that millions of people have their eyes on. And um, John Lynch, it's just one subtle thing, but he didn't have to say that. He did not have to say that. We wouldn't be talking about Jimmy G throwing and, and Jarek McKinnon. I think it's good for the mindset of the football team. It reminds the rest of the league that, hey, this team, when fully healthy at quarterback and running back, remember this offense wasn't that bad last year? This offense could be top five if Jimmy G is December and Jarek McKinnon executes the role Kyle Shanahan has drawn up for him.
it's hard to not be pumped about this offense. We'll see what happens at receiver. Yeah, I mean, a couple of the receivers are making some noise at the Senior Bowl. Debo Samuel is going to be a popular name. He's shifty and he weighs 200 pounds, which is why Kyle will like him. Some of these bigger receivers in this draft that are highly regarded, DK Metcalf, 6'4", 230, AJ Brown, 6'1", 230. Nikhil Harry is 6'4", 213. Hakeem Butler, 6'6", 225. If you're that big, you can't run the full route tree normally. Like, And you're really good at certain routes. But Kyle doesn't value that because defenses then can prepare for certain routes. And that's why he's always liked smaller guys because they can run deep. They can do this and that. But they can run a variety of short routes that defenses react to their cuts and it opens up things on other on, on the field. So I would say look at the size of the receivers to tell who Kyle might like. And uh, Debo Samuel fits that six foot, 210, shifty. I'd say Riley really at 6'2", 200. I need to watch him more. But that would be someone to watch. Paris Campbell, 6'1", 208. Kyle has a specific athlete that he has drafted and brought in in the past. He inherited Andre Johnson, and it worked out well. He inherited Julio Jones. Could he be targeting someone finally with those skill sets? Who knows? But the track record has showed the receivers that he signed throughout the years. In 2014, Andrew Hawkins with the with the Browns. He had input there. The Taylor Gabriels he's had. The Eldrick Robinsons that he's brought in. Trent Taylors that he's drafted. Richie James Jr., Kyle loves it if you're honestly 5'10", 170 pounds soaking wet. Those are the types of receivers that he's looking to bring in. But no, I I think they're in the market for someone like Debo Samuel. That's going to be a late second round pick probably. Maybe early third round if they're lucky. 49ers have tough decisions to make. Back to this, if they go Quinn and Williams round one... It is going to be hard to also take an edge round two knowing you have a huge hole at wide receiver and maybe your O-line is still not at the point where you're obsessed with it. It's going to be tough. It's year three of a six-year rebuild. You could see some strange picks. If they don't pick edge in the first two rounds, it will be shocking, but they could say we we just didn't like the player there. We're not going to force something. Look at Salman Thomas. This regime is under pressure, and we'll kind of finish the pot here talking about Rams, Patriots, Super Bowl. The Rams, I've said this, 49ers fans should be rooting for the Patriots. I don't like them either. I was at a bar in Mexico at a bachelor party, and there was Boston fans there dancing on people's graves. The rest of the whole bar was rooting for the Chiefs. It's gotten to that point where nobody really wants to see a win anymore, but you definitely do not want to see your division rival win the Super Bowl and get momentum because they are set up to be a dynasty with Sean McVay and Jared Goff. They get confidence that they beat Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. It really is going to be hard to win the division every year. They lose here and a keep to leave and there's drama and they break this team up in a couple of years and have to try and reload. You, you want them to really lose the Super Bowl. Teams who lose Super Bowls, it's hard for them to stay together. Look at the Carolina Panthers. Look at the Atlanta Falcons. Windows will close pretty quickly. And I do think Jared Goff is pretty damn good. He made some great throws in the fourth quarter of that game. 
But I actually think Jimmy Garoppolo has more talent than him. And so if you can go into next season, the Rams are going to have, they're going to be feeling good about themselves because in year two with their head coach, they fucking made a Super Bowl. So I'm saying let's hold off on them winning one for as long as possible. The, the choice should be clear. As for the fiasco that happened in New Orleans with the penalty that should have put New Orleans in the Super Bowl, here's where I'm at with that. I see both sides. Saints fans are crying too much, but it was an absolutely unbelievable call. The Rams should not be in the Super Bowl if everything played out normally. Did they deserve to go because they outlasted the Saints? And the Saints won the coin toss in overtime too. Like We're not going to go over semantics. Here's my solution. In the playoffs, you can challenge penalties not in the regular season it's going to become a fiasco and it's going to be absolutely crazy if you get hosed on a call in the regular season you get hosed on a call you got to overcome it that that happens in the playoffs everything's at stake i would implement a rule that any play can be reviewed and a penalty can be called on one of those plays if the ref and the league office agrees upon it Sounds crazy. It sounds like we're getting to baseball levels here where it's just like, this is so absurd. And so many of those replays, even in the Chiefs game with the punt, it's just like, oh my gosh, are we really going to look at every little detail? But you want them to ultimately get the calls right. That's what Kyle also said in interviews this week. The other solution is just maybe just the fourth quarters of playoff games. I don't know. Or maybe just the fourth quarters in general, if you really want to put it in the regular season too. I don't think this can be a, a rule where you can challenge every single play and it also become a penalty. I don't want the game slowing down that much. And a football team should be good enough to overcome a few bad calls. They happen. Refs are human. These are not automated machines yet. I think part of the human error is part of the storyline. It's part of the game. You get hosed on calls. You remember it. The Niners certainly have in the past, like the 84 NFC Championship game, heartbreaking playoff losses during the Harbaugh run. We've all seen any one of our teams get hosed on calls. It's going to be a part of the game. So I, that's where I stand on the replay. I would do playoffs. You can challenge any single play. Regular season, I wouldn't do it. I think that's a good compromise. I think that's a great compromise. KJ Podcast, rambling, rapping, talking mostly Niners. D-line, there is a lot of moving pieces. How do you solve that? Earl Mitchell leaving today is the first piece to say, is it DJ Jones now in the middle? Next to DeForest on early downs? Is it Solomon... Thomas? He can't play nose, but I mean, whatever technique that you want to put him there and line him up properly. I don't know. I'm okay with Solomon Thomas being a backup. Then you got Ronald Blair, too, who can excel, I think, at defensive end more. A slew of free agents the 49ers could bring in with cap room. D-line's going to be interesting. Quinnen Williams, not out of the picture. Not going to be shocked if he's the pick. 49ers fans, they're going to have a right to be skeptical because of this regime's drafting history, but they also can't hate on the pick. I wouldn't be furious. I'm probably going to predict that Josh Allen's a better player, but it's all a guessing game. It's all a guessing game, but I see the traits from Josh Allen. Let's see the combine play out. Mike McDaniel, his value, we covered that. Just been with Kyle forever, and it comes down to Kyle not wanting to train new people because that's going to pull him away from making this football team better. He's going to have to put out fires and be the offensive coordinator. He might then have to hire an actual offensive coordinator and just be a little less involved and still call the plays, but just 
have to trust everything's going on. That's a weird dynamic that none of us are ever going to know because being in those offices till midnight and figuring out who does what. Mike McDaniel has a big part. Mike LaFleur, QB's coach, big shoes to fill, not ready to say one way or the other if he's going to make it work or or be a part of why they took a step back. I think he's a good coach. Um, and I think both of these guys will be play callers in the next two to three years. KJ Podcast, trust the Shanna Plan shirts on sale. We're going to have some Baker Mayfield stuff. Three new NFL podcasts debuting by February 1st. One on the draft. One on O-line, D-line, specifically just matchups around the league. And then another from a former player in the NFL. We're going to give you really solid podcasting content. You're done listening to 49ers. I know you don't care about other teams on the network. You probably don't want to listen to Brown stuff all the time. But maybe you do want to hear our draft podcast. You do want to hear some O-line, D-line minutiae getting deep into the dirt about how those matchups and tape of players. We're going to try and push people to other podcasts within Blue Wire. That's a content strategy of mine, and I'm excited. We're adding some top-notch personalities with big Twitter followings. KJ Podcast, hope you enjoyed it. We wrap every single Wednesday now during the season, twice a week, off-season once a week, Less things get crazy. I think during the draft, I'll do two. Free agency, I'll do two. Appreciate you listening. We're pumped for Blue Wire. The growth has been amazing. Share our network. Type in Blue Wire iTunes and our full list of pods will come up. Talk to you again next week. Pray no one gets hurt in the Pro Bowl. Watch George Kittle, DeForest Buckner. And I believe Kyle Juszczyk is also there. All right, my people. Talk to you next week. Peace. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.